everyone. Welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. I'm Maggie, and I am here today for another author interview. I'm super excited. I am sitting down with Marie A. Wisher to talk about her book, Ignite. Marie, how are you? I am fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, anytime, anytime. I'm super excited to have you on. I really enjoyed reading your book. So it's just so wonderful to get authors on the podcast and authors of books that I really, really enjoyed. Just to sort of kick off our time together, Marie, what is the first book you remember reading and loving? You know, I uh, so there's so many books from my childhood that I remember reading, like I was a voracious reader, but I think the first book that ever hit me like viscerally that I attached to that I just like lost myself in and went to a whole nother world was the Anne of Green Gables, which I mean, I, I don't know if that is like cliche if I'm like, you know, it, but those books just, they connected with me at that time in my life when I was a yes. little girl. I saw her in me. I wrote, my middle name is Anne. So I, and I actually spelled it with an E for many years because <laughs> Anne with an E. And um, yeah, those, I love what she achieved there. I love Anne of Green Gables. That is such a good answer. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. yes. A bit of a tangent. They're making a graphic novel for Anne uh, of Green Gables. Yes. And one of my favorite graphic novel artists is doing the uh, the new edition. So I'm very excited about well, that. that out. My youngest son, he's 13 now and he is a reader and he like he reads everything. And it's tough because he's a boy. And so I, I tried to get him to the Anne of Green Gables for movies and stuff. But graphic novel will be. Oh, <laughs> yes. Highly recommend. I hope that that's what brings him into the world of Anne. That way, it was, like that's what you want, right? With a book, you want to just lose yourself completely and transport to a whole nother time and place. And I, that is the first book that I ever remember. Just it wasn't. It was a whole other experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that this it's such a magical moment. I think we all really remember our first book that like changed the course of our reading yeah, um, and like made us love storytelling and like being immersed in a completely different world. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. I love it. Well, Marie, <laughs> would you mind giving us a summary about your new book, Ignite? What is it about? Okay. So Ignite is basically a memoir um, and it's, it's a fictional memoir. And this is a backstory leading up to, you know, uh, the actual writing of a memoir. Um, this story is really getting Ruby from the, the early parts in her life where she's like, I'm about to go off, graduate from college, become this independent person and chase my life. And then she finds out that she's pregnant. And so that's where she starts. And, you know, it's, it's a quick little covery covering of that whole what happens in a pregnancy when you're planning to give up a child and then that moment when you have a child and all of a sudden like there's this thing that happens as a woman mm -hmm. where you don't know your child until you are holding your child and then you're like I don't care what I have to do with my life whatever I have to do you are mine and I'm keeping you and that is the end of the story and from then on, she just changes the trajectory of her life. So that's kind of where it all starts. But the the sacrifices that she makes to have her child and keep her child end up conflicting later in life when she finally realizes that she's like missing this one thing, you know, which is just that passionate love for another person, like being in a relationship where you're actually just like, you know, 
it's so tough to say, but that love that you only read about in books, you know, the kind of love that yeah. you're like, is real. And uh, she's, cause she's never believed in that. So she's this like super stoic person who's like, I'm functional and practical. And, and when life just finally keeps like crumbling all around her and she realizes that that's the one thing that she just seems like she's missed out on. Um, and then something happens in her life that just kind of kicks this whole part of her to life. And she just um, kind of crumbles in that, you know, aftermath. So the, it's the story of, of that woman, you know, going yeah. through life. And um, so it's, it's kind of a lot to cover in one in one little book. But <laughs> I, you did it well. You definitely did it well. Um, it's, it's a very emotional story about Ruby. Was anything the inspiration for you to write this? You know, there are there are a few separate moments of inspiration that I can point to, and um, a couple couple things. But one of them actually is a scene written in the book, uh, and it is the scene where she's in Chicago with um, Nick, her her love interest in that that part, and they go to this play, and it's this play called The Three Sisters, and it is this like gut-wrenchingly horrific love story where you see, you know, just the pains of it all. And, and, um, I actually did go to that play and I actually did oh. have experience. So writing it was, it was very personal to me, but I, I remember sitting and watching that play and feeling like my heart was ripped out and just seeing these things on stage that I, you know, knew in my heart and knew in my life and like connecting so viscerally to it. And yet it was something that was written in the like 1900s possibly even 1890s, maybe. Uh, and I walked away from that play in two states of mind. Like one, that was that was me. Like I just saw myself up on the stage. I saw all of the emotions that I've had. And it was like the most in touch with all of the dark and horrible emotions. But yet, like I was so happy to know that that is this universal human experience and that people mm -hmm. make art and it lasts and it's ugly and it's raw and I was like, I need to do that. I need to make a piece of art that goes out into the world that says all of these horrible things and and, and takes somebody through all of those emotions and shows yeah. the raw. Um, and so when I walked away from that play that night, I was on this like weird little high, like I have a mission. I want to do that. <laughs> so that was yes. Really and another random aside, so that play was by Anton Chekhov, mm -hmm. and I didn't really know much about him or his writings. It literally was, that play was just by an accident. And um, as I was going through my last round of edits, uh, the guy that I was working with at that time was like, I really want you to read this story called The Lady with the Little Dog. It really reminds me of your book and the writing and all of this. And he's like, it's just this perfect little story. Check it out. So I, I download it and I start like researching it. And the writer of this lady with a little dog is also Anton Chekhov. <laughs> and I was like, what the, I really believe in synchronicity. Like I think everything in the universe is, is intentional. <laughs> that is incredible. That is so amazing to me. I, I'm a theater undergrad. Are you? Student, yes. And I am obsessed with like Chekhov and Russian literature. I remember the first time I read three sisters and Chekhov, especially for his time, <laughs> writes such visceral female characters. Does. Yeah. Yes. yes. It is incredible. I Masha breaks my heart. It is it, so good. Masha like falls to the floor and she's holding the legs and he's just 
like walking away from her. And I was, I, um, you know, you're just like, how, how can a person do this? And you're right for a man to know the depth of women like that is so impressive because he oh, yeah. really, like he captured the whole nuances of everything. Yeah, he is such a smart playwright. You guys, I really recommend Three Sisters and The Seagull by Anton Chekhov if you want to check them out. So I love that that inspired you. (laughs) Yes. So then, Marie, tell us, who is your favorite character? And if it's the same or if it's different, who is the character you relate to the most? Okay, so I think my favorite character is going to have to be Olivia. That was fun thing to write the best friend character because everyone has to have like the best friend is your confidant and um giving her all of like the qualities and writing the dialogue I have so much fun just trying to put what she's gonna say and what she's gonna do and um like the way that Ruby loves her you know that is yeah. one of like the, it's it's not just the love of you know, like how one falls in love with a person, but it's the love that you have for your friends. And I think like that was really what I wanted to show with Olivia is that Ruby loves her too. Like, and um, she, yeah, she's definitely my favorite person I got to write, but yes. the one to identify with, obviously this is, you know, it it's based off of some things. So Ruby is yeah. much more like me than <laughs> I wish I could be more like Olivia, but I'm going to have to <laughs> not like Ruby. Well, Ruby is, especially as the lead, and I know um, I do this a lot in my writing. I'm currently in grad school for screenwriting, and there's always a character that's like so heavily a piece of me. Yeah. You know, and I don't think you can help it. I think it's just like really important to write that and write what you know. Yeah, I think so. It's important. It it gives you that basis and the framework. I've tried to write from other perspectives, and it gets hard. It is. Yeah, no, it really is. And I think Ruby is an excellent character. Like, yeah, she is. I I do. I commend you because all of the women characters in your book are so three-dimensional, which I think is really, really great. And I think it's super easy, especially in a book where we're sort of taken on one character's journey for like the protagonist to be very three-dimensional and everyone else to sort of fade into the background. And that didn't happen with this book. And I thought that that was really genius. That was really well done. Thank you. That yeah. like, hear you say that I, I worked so hard. This book has been through so many revisions and in the last revision is where I finally was like, all right, I've got to work on all of my characters. Now I have everything else and diving into the, the dialogues and making those people. Just yes. Up. Um, I had so much fun with that. Yeah. It, it really shows. Yeah. It's really brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so do you have then a favorite line or a section of the book that you would like to share? You know, I thought long and hard about that one. And there is a line from this book that I always loved. And it was, you know, I needed my feet to connect with the ground to remind me that it was still there. Ruby as a runner and me as a runner at that time in my life, running changed. And um I I wanted to figure out a way to like convey that in writing how, you know, people think that running is this thing we do for exercise. Running was her sanity. Running was her safety. Running was the the most important thing that would ground her. And I I loved when I wrote that line, I was like, this is one of my favorite things I've ever written. (laughs) I love that. So this book is titled the 
Terrible Love Memoirs Part 1. Will we be seeing more from Ruby in the future? Oh my gosh. I <laughs> like the most exciting thing in the world for me because book one was something I had to write and it was the backstory I wrote actually after I wrote book two. But I had to go back and explain book two. Book two didn't make any sense um, without book one. And so once I finally got this out and was able to just like put it away for a second, I finally got to sit down with book two. And book two is a freaking hell of a ride. Like, oh my gosh. Just like throws everything out the window and you're like, oh my God, this gets crazy. Um, So that book is titled Wildfire. Um, The woman that I did all of my edits with Ignite sat down and we did it again with Wildfire. And um, so it, that sees Ruby doing what, you know, what she has to do after she has this kind of igniting experience, you know, where she just comes to life and realizes, you know, this missing part of her life and she wants to figure it all out. Um, So Ignite kind of takes you all up to that point where she's like, you know, I need to change. I need to figure out what's missing in my life. And, and like, I can't keep going on like this. And that ends book one and book two is I'm going to write a memoir and figure out what I'm missing. Like I'm going to document it along the way and I'm going to do all of these things and I'm just going to go out into the world and like just sort of explode and, and see what, and so that is book two. And, um, it's going to be, I'm so excited for it. Like that to me was the book that I was meant to write. Like, (laughs) Oh, I love that. Would you say, does it feel like Ignite was a prequel? Yeah, and Wildfire is sort of the actual novel. Yeah, yes, very cool. Yeah, and it was hard to go, you know, put Ignite out into the world because most people will read it and they're like, "Where's book two? <laughs> I know it's coming. I just mentally, until I closed that door and said, "This box is checked. That book is written." I couldn't move on to the material for book two because I wasn't in that headspace. Uh, mm-hmm. So. It, had to go out like it just needed to be released <laughs> yeah I completely understand that that's so great and it's so nice that people are asking for book two right you have right. that nice following yes yes I I hope people you know just yeah when you finish it's just it wraps up I think it concludes still like a book should should but yes. at the end oh my god there's more like you can just tell and that to me too, you know, as far as inspiration goes, I would read these memoirs and read these books and people have these like packaged endings that feel so contrived. And yeah, I'm like, okay, this is memoir and I want people to know real life. I want to put that, that real into this. So every time it ends, you know, something it's, it's still trying to give the truth. <laughs> it almost feels easy to make everything sort of have the hallmark bow-tied ending. And I love something that feels finished, but also ambiguous at the same time, if that makes sense. You know, like you feel like the characters have reached a solid point, but you know their lives are going to continue. Amen. That's beautiful and poetic. (laughs) So how would you describe your writing process? I'm not a writer by like any other trade. And I've got so many other things going on at the point in my life where I wrote everything that really is the like skeleton of these books. I was in between the like, points I was selling my practice. And so I had gone into hiding. Like I couldn't talk to anyone. Creative process was very weird. I just sort of like escaped and left the world because I couldn't talk to people. And I would just 
travel on the weekends and I would put on headphones and I would ride on planes and I would ride on Airbnbs and I would go to conferences and I would just sit in the back row with headphones on and write. I would, I, I wasn't sleeping. It was, I want to say six months of me just writing all of the time instead of doing what I should have been doing, which was like talking to people and interacting socially like a decent person <laughs> was on. It, it was funny because I was very much like taken by a need to create. I had this inspiration and I grabbed hold of it and I was like, as long as this is inside me and there's a fire burning me up to write, I am going to hold on to it and use it for all it's worth. Cause it's like, I, I have a line like later on in my books that's, you know, I, I stared that void within me down. Like I was empty and there was nothing that was going to fill it besides writing. And I was like, bring it on, bitch. I'm going to make art. There is something destroying me and I'm going to use it to create a beautiful thing. Um, and that was my initial creative process. <laughs> but now it's like, okay, I did that, but I wasn't functioning in the world. Eventually I was like, I have to go back and work a full-time job. And, and because now it's like, I've got my kids, I've got triathlon, I've got the writing working and I, I carve out moments. <laughs> it is. It's hard to balance having your creative moments. Elizabeth Gilbert, She's yes. eat, pray, love fame. Did you read Big Magic? I did. I know exactly what you're going to say. For yes. I love. She has this theory that when we have an idea, it is like our creative duty to like hold on to that idea and breathe life into it. Otherwise, the idea will leave us to find somebody else. And I fully believe that. I totally believe that that's true. And so I think when you have an idea, especially one that you feel so passionate about, I say, let it consume you. Like- breathe life into it. Yes. Yes. Uh, Big Magic was one I read right after I was done with all of that. And I felt so validated. <laughs> it, she just, she hit the nail on the head all over the place. I love that book. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And there's another quote from her in there where she says, creativity is not just a gift to the audience, but it is also a gift to the creator. For me, when I, you know, you struggle so long trying to get published, trying to get your art out into the world. And it's like, you know, I am not out here at the end of the day to make a book and, you know, to, to have business being a writer, my business being a writer is fulfilling my soul. It, it fuels me. It gives me the energy that I need to keep going in the day, like my day-to-day -day life. And when yeah. I finally accepted that about my art, like I'm making it for me, I'm making it because it, it makes me a better person. She, she says that so well. Yes, I totally agree. I think anyone who is an artist should read that book. I, she has so many good little nuggets throughout yep. the entire, entire book. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I know you mentioned that you haven't always been a writer. This is sort of the first thing you've written, but have yep. you always considered yourself a storyteller or an artist or someone who really enjoys either telling stories or enjoying them? Absolutely. In third grade, I, I wrote poetry and like little things all my life. And I had like a poem that was uh, laminated by my third grade teacher <laughs> front door the whole year round. She was so, yeah. <laughs> um, it was one of those things that I always did. And even in college, I wrote and everyone that I hung out with was artists. They were all aspiring artists and stuff. But I was like, I didn't come from money. I didn't have, you know, I came from poverty and I wanted to make 
sure that I had enough to like succeed and, and raise a family and, and take care of myself. And I never wanted to rely on like a man. I didn't want to have to get married to someone so that I could be financially stable. And so I was like, you know what? I am going to become a dentist because that is a smart career where I can have a, you know, a job that's going to give me money. And so even though I loved writing and I loved art, I was like, I have to be functional. <laughs> My writing was just all, it was so amateur and everything that I did. I just was like, yeah, I'm a complete hack. I don't know what I'm doing. And kudos on keeping going. Writing is so hard. Um, There's a quote. Oh, he's a very famous author. And he says, um, writing is easy. All you do is sit down in front of a typewriter and open a vein. And I'm like, (laughs) that's how I feel every day. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. I'm like, this story was wrote in blood. Like it was, it literally bled into the page. I haven't, you know, there's so many gin and tonics in this book. Like, oh my God. But that is, it's so much fun. And you know, you're a writer when you can't do anything else besides write, you know, it, it that is now I own it and I love it. And it's, Oh, it's so, some people are just meant to write and you can just tell like when nothing, it won't leave you. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And you did it. You wrote your book and I think that's incredible. Yes. Congratulations. (laughs) Oh my gosh. If if somebody would have sat me down when I first started this and been like, okay, so Marie, it's going to be, this is year seven, I want to say. And if they would have said, you're going to go through all of these things and ups and downs, and I would have been like, I don't <laughs> what? But yeah, worth it, but hard. I wanted to ask, when you sat down to sort of write the story, what came first for you? I know you mentioned that you did Wildfire was your original idea, but was it the story itself or was it the character of Ruby or was it sort of the themes and ideas that you wanted to cover? So the last chapter in Ignite, the one that starts with, you know, my name is Ruby Carlson. I'm a wife, mother. I am all of the things. That is, I think, what I first started writing. Um, I think I sat down one day and I was like, I'm going to write a book. And it was why, why am I going to write this? What is it that I'm trying to write? And I, I wrote all of that. First and, and at the end of it all, you know, it was like, you know, I'm going to change everything is the final line in there. And that's her conclusion. And that was that was kind of what I it was me throwing down the gauntlet to myself. It was I am going to I wanted to give up. I did. I was so I was at a point in my life where I looked around and I was like, I have everything and I want nothing. And if I don't change I'm either going to just give up and call it or I'm going to do something so crazy that it keeps me alive. And I sat and then I was like, okay, I'm going to write. That's what's going to keep me alive right now. Like I, it was kind of me just making that outline. And then the rest of the writing was, what do I want to do? Like, okay, the the book two was me writing to survive. It was just like, I would just sit down and write and write and write. And that's when it it just, it didn't make sense though. When I finally went back and read it all, because I'm like, nobody's going to get why she's suffering, why she's putting herself through all of this and what she's even trying to solve unless I write the backstory. (laughs) So, you know, then I sat down to write what happened. Um, yes. Leading up. So that was, I mean, the the second book was literally just as it, as my life unfolded. 
Um, and book book one was more let's let's fill in why. Yeah. The funny thing because there's going to be a book three too. <laughs> Do you already know what's going to happen in yes. your book three? Yeah, yeah, and I'm so so excited now to write that one too. Like as excited as I am to put wildfire out into the world, there's still so much pain um, in that book. Whereas book three is going to delve so much more into the healing, the, the resolution, the, what do you write a memoir? Like what is actually coming out of this? Um, what the other side, you know? Oh, I think that's so, that's so great. And I love that you already have a full arc for your character of Ruby and you know exactly what she's going to go through. That's so exciting. (laughs) So much of it was, I needed to get here. I had to like, I had to survive. Yeah. (laughs) If I can make it, then I can write the books. Do you think that you will write a memoir one day? Oh my gosh. Um, I am really excited to see what happens with this. And um, as soon as these are done, I have so many more things sitting inside of me, like little things that I've written down. But I really what I want to do after this is, is, oh, there's so many little vignettes um, that I, I want to put out that will be almost like, yeah, like memoir vignettes. I think I would do that next. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And then one of our final questions before we get to our podcast's infamous last question, but are there any authors that have influenced your work or anything in general that you think influences who you are as a storyteller? (laughs) I love Cheryl Strayed. Um, And I'm a Midwesterner. So that when I first discovered her, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's from Minneapolis. I went to dental school in Minneapolis. We're both from Minnesota. Like Minnesotans have this grit. Like we're just, you know, fun breed. So that right away, I, I just was in love with that. But Wild, it just, that book moved me also in a way that like Wild was my Anne of Green Gables of my adult years. I love how honest and raw she was and how she comes to her conclusion at the end. It's like, what if everything that I did, it it brought me here? Like, what if I've never redeemed? And what if I already am? You know, like that whole thing of there's, we all make mistakes and we're human and that frailty of humanity and how some people are so quick to dismiss people who've fucked up. And, you know, that's so wrong on so many levels. Everyone fucks up and people just don't own it. And, I love how she owns it and um, writes it and she makes it beautiful. So she is my literary heroine. (laughs) Love it. She's so, I don't even want to just say down to earth, but she's just so raw and honest and her wisdom. I'm like, she seems like she's lived a hundred lives. Like how does that much wisdom exist in one person? But she's an avid reader. Like you can tell that she too has probably read everything that all and it all is, exists in her, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Did you watch the movie Wild? I'm curious to know what you thought of. It. I never love the movies as much as they love the books. Of course. It's, it's a fabulous movie. And as far as like the material goes, they, they couldn't have done any better with it. Um, I loved it. I For what it was, definitely they they did it. It will never be the book, right? But I'm but I'm glad to hear it hit close. Yeah, yeah. They did as they did a very good job. Wonderful. Another quote that's like, you know, the only books that are meaningful to us are the ones that would have gone like a little further down the path than we have yet gone ourselves. I feel like the there are books that are meant to present themselves at a certain time in our lives. And yeah. the meaning 
that they hold, you know, exists because we're walking through those same things. And if you if you encounter the material at a time when you're not ready for it, it's it's not nearly as poignant. Yes. Which makes me some of the things we're supposed to read in high school. And I'm like, I read them now, like Mrs. Dalloway. Gorgeous book. When I was 16, like, I don't freaking get that. (laughs) Yes. Some books exist for a certain moment of your life. And you might read it at some point and it doesn't hit for you. And then a few years later, you pick it up and it's your favorite book. And it just depends who you are and what you're going through. And that's what's so great. I think about art in general, but especially books because they can exist for you at so many different moments. Amen. So true. Love it. Well, Marie, last question. What is your favorite novel? I think you actually just answered this maybe. I did. I am like, I reread Wild all of the time. Someday it might get, you know, surpassed. Before that, I would have said Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because, you know, one of those things that you just want to laugh. Um, there, There's other books that I have always kind of like kept around. But when I re- if you yeah, I'm always going to say wild. <laughs> Excellent choice. Excellent yeah. choice. Well, before we leave you, Marie, can you please tell our listeners where they can find Ignite and where they can find you if they're interested in keeping up with what you're doing and when your books are coming out. Absolutely. So Ignite is available on Amazon. It's also on IndieBound and it's on Barnes and Noble. So um, you can find it on any of those three outlets. I haven't gotten myself into stores yet that that's my next project. Um, and then I, I have my website. Everything that I do is under Marie's world of writing. So if you go to Marie's world of you'll find my website. I'm on Instagram as Marie's World of Writing. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter as Marie Wishart. I don't tweet a whole lot. So, you know, I have my YouTube channel. I have gotten into interviewing authors as well because I I love talking to people. <laughs> so, yes. A little side gig because it's so fun to hear people's creative processes. It really is. Yeah, I we love getting to talk with authors here on the podcast. It's so much fun to hear how people come up with ideas and to hear what they're passionate about and how that sort of translates into their writing. Yeah. Um, We love it. So if you guys are interested in keeping up with Marie or buying her book, I am going to link those things in our episode details. Yeah. And with that, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for joining. And a huge thank you to Marie for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, too. This was my pleasure. The highlight of my day. (laughs) I loved getting to chat with you, and we loved having you on the podcast. And with that, we will see you all in just a few weeks. Bye. Bye.